Blog Talk Radio. joining us again today. Yes, today we will be continuing on with our intention and uh, entire purpose of doing what we can to contribute to the formation and creation of a better world. Well, that's a tall order, you could say. You bet it is. And what does it look like? Well, part of today's show will be addressing some ways in which you could look from the point of view, interestingly, of Hollywood. First of all, for those of you who are listening for the first time, perhaps, and haven't yet gotten uh, onto our newsletter, which goes out every week, announcing our weekly radio and TV shows, please go to www.abetterworld.tv, abetterworld.tv, and sign up for the free newsletter. Every Tuesday night, we are on... uh, television here in Manhattan, in the belly of the beast, New York City, and the uh, times and the guests are listed there. And of course, we're here every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so spread the word, tell your friends, tell your family, so they can tune in as well, either live or in archive, because it's permanently archived on our website, as well as at Blog Talk Radio. So as I was saying, we are going to be spending today's show speaking with James Twyman, who is a New York Times best-selling author. He's written some 15 books and is the producer, writer, and director of five films, including the award-winning feature film Indigo. His latest film, which will be part of our discussion today, is called Redwood Highway, and it will be debuting at the beginning of 2014 and previewed in over 6,000 senior residences across the country. Jimmy travels around the world promoting films and for what he believes to be the most important and undeserved film audience, underserved, I'm so sorry, very deserving, but underserved audience in, uh, around, and that is the elders, the baby boomers, those who are becoming the sages of our society. Yet Hollywood seems, no pun intended, hell-bent on creating really rather hellish films for the most part, Um, certainly an aggravating disproportion from my point of view. And uh, Jimmy Twyman has embarked upon this very interesting project called the Senior Cinema Circle, in which he is seeking to engage us, all of us, of all ages, to sign a petition to try to shift the consciousness of Hollywood and its film industry. So uh, tune in and pass this on to others so they too can hear the conversation that is really very important because this is all about how we have gotten conditioned, and how we continue to condition the values and norms of society, because film literacy is very much, as we all know, so much of what is, uh, you could say it's really the new literature. So, Jimmy Twyman, are you on the line with me? I am here, Mitchell. So great to be with you. I'm so glad, my friend. It's been so many years since we had you on A Better World Television, 
right here in the Big Apple, and I'm glad to have you on the radio. It's really wonderful. It seems we do this about every 10 years, because the first time I was ever <laughs> yes. interviewed you is when my first book came out almost 18, 19 years ago. And I, I know you've just yeah. celebrated your 20th anniversary, so congratulations. Well, thank and you very I know much. we did another TV show. Maybe was it 10 years ago, eight years ago, something like um, that. That uh, I think the first one, Jimmy, was okay. So 18 years ago would have brought us to around the um, mid 90s, give or take. Right, right. And then. Uh, I think the other one was really only three or four years after that, quite honestly, when you were doing a concert that our dear colleague and friend Phil Gruber and I helped to produce. Uh, and that was somewhere in the mid-90s. I remember that. That was an amazing In concert. New York City. Do you remember that? In the church? I do, indeed. Right near well, the United Nations. However uh, many years it's been, it's been, it's great to be back. I'm so glad to have you. And as usual, you've been up to really groundbreaking pro projects. And um, I just love the way you have served the world, Jimmy. In fact, before we launch into this, I just want to share with the audience that among your other projects have been uh, traveling around the world as a troubadour. And you have shown up in, as I said in the newsletter, worn-torn countries all over, from Baghdad to Ireland to the uh, Israel and Palestine, and I mean, you've been such a, as a troubadour, a trooper, um, going around the world and seeking to bring peace in places of greatest tension. And I've just always had the greatest respect and admiration for you for, for those efforts. Well, thank you. It has definitely been an adventure, and it continues, and uh, you know, there is yeah. a big part of me that feels the, the desire to return to my roots and to reinvigorate the peace troubadour. Uh, I'm actually yes. putting together possible plans to uh, go to Syria. Uh, and, and even today I'm thinking really? about Egypt as well. So wow. you may be hearing yeah. about that. But for the moment, I'm definitely very, very passionate about this discussion on senior cinema. Indeed. Tell us about it. Just Take it from the top. Well, I think for me, Mitchell, it started when uh, a couple of years ago I went and saw a film that maybe you saw or certainly heard of called The Exotic Mirror Gold Hotel. Oh, and I'm so glad you're going to mention that. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> It's a great loved film. It. And I remember yeah. being in the, film, uh, the theater watching it. And I think I had just turned 50 at that moment. And, and uh -huh. I, you know, I had received my AARP card in the mail, so I thought, wow, maybe I'm actually in this generation. <laughs> I'm like the, the second right. to last year of the baby boomer generation. And yeah. yet, the, even though the, the, the theater was full, I was the youngest person in the room. And yes. I realized, looking around, that there is a big audience for films like Marigold Hotel that is not yes. being taken care of, that is being really underserved. It's not being addressed, right? Not at all. I mean, or, or not often, put it that way. Uh, it yes. is so underserved that maybe once in a while a film comes out like Exotic Marigold Hotel or Quartet mm -hmm. or a few others. Uh, but if mm -hmm. you think about it, Mitchell, in the last few years, uh, the films that have come out specifically for that demographic have been, for the most part, British. There haven't been really any oh. American films that have come out. Uh, Interesting. And so, like the Exotic Marigold Hotel is exactly. uh, an example and of I, that. Right. I can yeah. name three or four, and yet I can't name a single one, other than hopefully Redwood Highway now, uh, that has mm -hmm. come out from an American producer. And, and in that moment, I realized that I had a passion for that. I wanted to do something to fill that gap. Around the same time, uh, my, my own grandmother, uh, we had to put her into a nursing home because she needed the mm. care. And uh, three times she tried to escape and was not able to. And I started playing with that idea. Escape. What would happen if <laughs> – what was that? It mission? sounds like a prison. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately that is the image that we often have. And I, I certainly don't want – you know, to give yep. that impression, because many of these senior sure. communities I have been to are are wonderful and often very necessary places. She unfortunately yes. needed to be there, and but she didn't think yeah. she did, and and I found myself wondering what would happen if Graham did get out. Where would she go, and what would she do? And 
And I began yes. to create this story of a 75-year-old woman who goes on this grand adventure, who has the opportunity to heal her life and to do uh, something that she hasn't done for 45 years, which was to go to the, the ocean on the Oregon coast. And yet in the, in the story, Redwood Highway Marie, who, who does this, she decides uh, that she has to walk. So she walks almost 100 miles to go to the Redwood uh, Highway and to go to the coast and attend her granddaughter's yeah. wedding. And along the way, she has a great adventure that uh, helps her to finally put to rest some of these issues that she's been dealing with for many years. And, and uh, we were so lucky that the, the script, which I co-wrote with the director, Gary Lundgren, uh, that the script was really, really well received by some really important people, and we were able to secure the amazing talent of Shirley Knight, who's been nominated mm-hmm. for two Academy Awards to play the the part of Marie, and Tom Skerritt, yeah. who who played uh, Pete. And, and, and you know, I I found that my passion for this was something that was shared, you know, a lot by the actors themselves, because you know many of these actors. They get to a certain age, and they're just not offered the roles that are, you know, what yes. they're capable of anymore. And it's yes. a shame because, like our, you know, our grandparents, our elders, they still have so much to offer. And Shirley and yeah. Tom and Look others at Meryl, certainly another, a that. real, a real example of that, Jimmy, is Meryl Streep, who is getting roles these in these last few years that are more reflective of her age, like a, you know. Iron Lady, sure. Like uh, you know the Julia Childs film, etc. Um, and they do take her age into account. Um, I, w- I think that Meryl still. Streep is probably always going to get those roles because she's Meryl Streep. But uh, yeah. you're right, though. Yeah. I mean, she certainly is the uh, she's the exception. And and yet, you know, you have someone like Shirley Knight who's been nominated for two Academy Awards and she's won three yeah. Emmys and a Tony and. And yet most of the roles she's being offered are these small parts that she really just can't sink her teeth into. And it yeah. was so wonderful to watch this amazing talent. To make her a star. Yeah. <laughs> Again. I think she's yeah, going to make right. us a star is more like it. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, I appreciate the perspective that you're bringing forward, and I think it's very important for film, and Hollywood in particular, to really match the um, the demographics, and I'll tell you, uh, to me, the subject matter for people of our generations, I should say, um, are, it's pretty far and wide-ranging, but something that you had said to me prior to the show really struck me, that uh, maybe you could talk about this a little, Jimmy, that the overall demographic that Hollywood is looking to speak to is around 15 or 16 years old. And that was yeah. rather harrowing for me to hear. Is that and really unfortunately, the case? it's true. I mean, if you look at the the cinema today, uh, many, if not most, of the films that are out there are these enormous blockbuster, huge budget films, often focused on a superhero or character or transformer or whatever it might be, that they have sunk around two hundred million dollars into just for the production maybe another hundred million just for the, the promotion. And yeah. and these are films that are focused at the demographic that they feel are their bread and butter, and that's this very, very young audience. And what happens, two things. Number one, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg actually said in, in a, in a uh, discussion recently that, that he's afraid that the entire, the entire Hollywood system is going to go bust. You know, if if he wasn't Steven Spielberg, he probably would never have gotten Lincoln made, because it just doesn't yes. fit into yes. what Hollywood wants. And mm. and also, Hollywood isn't interested in spending, let's say, even ten million dollars, which you know yes. is a, a low low budget. You know, when when you think yeah. of a film, but you know, a, a movie that they make for ten million, maybe they they make twenty million. They're not interested in that at all. They want these these huge blockbuster movies that don't really have a great story, uh, but they are going to make them maybe a hundred million dollars or so. And in doing so, I think the in- please go on. I was going to say, in doing so, I think the entire industry and all of us suffer. I agree with that. I agree with that. But you know, we have examples 
of, I mean, you say $10 million as a low budget, but we know about films that have been done for forty dollars and $50,000. Now, uh, there was one film, I'm forgetting the name of it right now, going back about eight or ten years that became an absolute blockbuster that was shot for forty to $50,000. It takes a lot more creativity to be able to produce a film at that level rather than well, having a budget right. of $200 million. And the upside remains actually the same. And if you want to really think about the economics of it, if you can get away with spending 100000 or even a million or $10 million and still be able to pull in the, the big draws at the box office, your, your you know, price point, so to speak, is way vaster. Right, Jimmy? You know, when we made Redwood Highway, uh, we yeah. clearly didn't have you know, anywhere near those budgets to run with. Uh, sure. I'll just be honest with you. We had a half million dollars. And yes. a half million dollars is a lot of money, but it's not very much yes. for a film. But if you know Correct. what you're doing, not these and, days. Yeah, yeah, and if you know which corners to cut, uh, then you know you can do it. Especially, you know, if you have actors like we had that believe yes. in the project and are willing to right. to work with you on that. And yes. you know, we, when you look at Redwood Highway, it does not look like a half million dollar film at all, which is what we were shooting yeah. for. The problem, right. Mitchell, is in the distribution. It's very professional looking. I caught a few minutes of it, you know, prior to yeah. the show. Well, and thank you. Very and, polished. Well, yeah. you know, when you have a director like Gary Lundgren and you have actors like we brought in, you can do yeah. that. But distribution right. is a whole other story. That's the trick. You can you can make a nice film, but the distribution is so limited today, and that's one of the things that we're trying to change with the. The, uh, the, the senior cinema circle. You know, I said at the mm-hmm. very beginning, I, I'm not setting out ju- really just to make a movie. I'm setting out to make a movement and to get a lot yeah. of films made like this and to find ways to get them out. And one of the things that we're doing uh, to show Hollywood that we're serious is we, we've started a project called the Million uh, A Million Senior Voices. The idea yes, is we the want petition. to get exactly yeah, we please. want to get a petition signed by a million people. Uh, seniors in particular, saying that that if they make, if Hollywood makes films for this generation, we will go see them. And if there are a million yeah. people who sign that petition, that that means there are 10 million behind them. And even people, you know, younger who who just want to see good films with great stories and great actors. And and I'm sure that when we get to this, you know, we're going to have a big press conference and we'll we'll bring it to Hollywood. Uh, yeah, they will have to take notice, and and maybe then things will begin to shift. You know, I I really appreciate what you're saying, and I I love that you are taking, but but this is very much like you, Jimmy Twyman, to <laughs> sort of see an issue and then just go for it. You did the same thing with the Indigo Children. Now you're flipping over to the other end of the spectrum to the elders of our society. Where would people go if they wanted to sign that petition? It's real easy. It only takes about a minute or two, and they can just go to www.seniorcinema.com. And when you go to SeniorCinema.com, you can also watch the trailer for Redwood Highway. Uh, There's information on how we're trying to get this film out. Uh, And, of course, when you're on the petition, we'll let you know when the movie is being released so that, you know, it'll be in a theater near you or even a community near you because, like you said... When it's going to be in your senior residence. (laughs) Exactly. That, from the very beginning, was one of my goals, to get this to the people who can't go to the movie theaters and to honor them in this way. Uh, So we're doing all sorts of fun things, and and if people get behind this, you, you know, it's kind of like that great movie line, build it and they will come. And we're yeah. saying film it and they will come. <laughs> and, exactly, exactly, and exactly. We're going to need so – I, I really hope everyone will, will, will go to SeniorCinema.com and, and sign that petition because this is really how we're going to get this movement going. You know, I noticed, of course, that the Senior Cinema Circle name is uh, most likely modeled on what has been known as the Spiritual Cinema mm-hmm. Circle. And then yes. there was another one, actually. Was it called the in, the Environmental Cinema Circle or the Ecological? I don't remember the name of it, even though I was connected to it somehow, or A Better World was. And um, so do you want to 
talk a little bit about your the name of this and sure. have you been affiliated with the with its predecessors? I was very, very much affiliated with the senior cinema, or with the the spiritual cinema circle. Spiritual cinema, um, I thought so. Yeah. In fact, I was kind of there, you know, at the birth, uh, because yes. it was really while we were making the movie Indigo ten years ago that Stephen yes. Simon and Gay Hendricks and a few others had this idea, yes. and and I think it was by us and a couple of other films addressing the needs of the spiritual audience people who want inspiring yeah. films, that they realize that there was an audience for a membership a subscription sort of club. And, you yeah. know, Stephen Simon, you know, he was a big Hollywood producer and had done some really amazing films. And he moved to Ashland, Oregon, where I was living, and we became good friends. And one day I went to him mm-hmm. and said, how do you feel about uh, us making a movie about the Indigo children? And if we could raise the money ourselves and... He had said he would never ever make another movie again, but <laughs> but oh, you know really? the idea of doing this in this grassroots kind of way appealed to him, and it's kind yeah. of it reminds me of of my own experience. Uh, a few years ago, I, I made a documentary called The Moses Code, which was based yes. on my book The Moses Code, and sure. even though it did extremely well, uh, you know after I was finished making that film, I swore I would never make another movie. And I actually wrote a letter to me telling me why I should never make another movie. And I gave that That's letter funny. to five friends telling them, if I ever try and make another movie, please give me this letter so I can talk Stop myself me. out of it. But then when we had the idea to oh, do Redwood funny. Highway, I called those friends up. I said, do you remember that letter? And they said, oh, yeah, we still have it. And I said, well, tear it up because yeah, I'm back. it up. <laughs> I've got to make this movie. I feel so, so connected to this idea. Oh, wow. You know, it's really the only thing I'm passionate about right now, Mitchell. So, yeah. once again, I yeah. just really hope everybody will support this by going to SeniorCinema.com and sign that petition so we yeah. can you know, get this in front of the Hollywood execs, and we're going to give this survey to every studio and every producer, and we're going to show them that this is the kind of film that people really want to see. You know, I very much appreciate it, and, you know, I feel like circling back to the Exotic Marigold Hotel for a moment, because to me, that film was brilliant. And, yes. uh, you know, of course, it had the uh, the protagonist, the main actor from Slumdog Millionaire, and um, it had just a stellar cast. Oh, amazing and, cast. But apart from that, it touched upon the softness and the vulnerability of our um, elders and mm-hmm. the way that they have, I mean, underneath all of this, Jimmy, is, is this kind of conversation that these people have been marginalized in our society where it was yeah. traditionally always that the elders were the ones who were revered and lauded and looked up to and respected as the wise ones in every given society, from the most indigenous Australian Aboriginal, African, South American, Andean, you know, Arctic, you name it, always, always, and, of course, Russian, European, and American. They always held this esteemed mm-hmm. place in our society until what would you say about 30 years ago yeah. maybe not even 30 years you know and all of a sudden they're getting relegated outside of mainstream and they're considered a bit of a problem or a nuisance yeah. <laughs> instead of being an integral loving and embodied uh mm-hmm. you know wizened guide for the for the wily youth of us, you know. I'm really glad that you brought that up, Mitchell, because really you're speaking to the bigger picture. Uh, I mean, we're yeah. focused on cinema, but this is much more, it's much more important yeah. than just that. And you hit it right on the button. Yes. That for some reason, I think it was this whole idea of the nuclear society. We decided that there comes a point where we thank you for a job well done and we push you to the side and say thank you very much. And right. you know, hope, and maybe you can stay in your own house. Maybe you can't. 
but you know we have a life to live so you know you can go ahead and do your thing and and just finish dying exactly and it's it's exactly. really it, it's not only sad but it's 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 we're we're truly missing out on one of our greatest yeah. resources which is exactly. that elder sage and and you exactly. see this in every indigenous community you see this in more of the ancient societies where the elders are integrated into the family and they're held in great respect and if and if we don't do that i think you know we are but we're just showing our immaturity really by not doing that and in my own grandmother's case i mean what what sometimes happens is um you know, my my parents really wanted my my grandmother to move in uh, with mm-hmm. with them, and but she just didn't mm-hmm. she didn't want to leave Missouri, and she didn't want to come up to Minnesota to do that. And the sad oh. thing is, I I mentioned that the, the Redwood Highway was initially kind of conceived after my my grandmother, and I named the character yeah. Marie after my grandmother. And mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think also some of the personality was based on my own mother because my my mother has that sparky personality and. And yes. right, we we had just kind of we had almost finished the the first cut, and I was going to go to Missouri and show it to my grandmother to show her what she yes. had inspired. And unfortunately, she yeah. passed away right before I did that. And then oh, my own mother God. passed away a month later. You know, the the, the two oh. women who inspired this story and really and it, oh, yeah, it just Jimmy, made me oh, even more good. determined, Mitchell, to to really yeah. put to this really out in commit focus. to this. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God! What a and, you know, story! You that, that's a spir- story in itself. Yeah, and you, you brought know? up the, the, the spiritual cinema earlier, and I just want to say one more thing about that because wh- sure. what Stephen did, uh, Stephen Simon, uh, is a thing called name it and claim it. Okay, I mean mm-hmm. obviously there had been spiritual oriented films already. You know, and we don't mean religious films, of course. We mean sp- films that have a spiritual no. basis, an inspirational yeah. basis. And clearly, you know, yeah. let's just take the one that top, comes off the top of my head, a film I mentioned earlier, what, uh, um, Field of Dreams. Very spiritual yes. film. And, Truly. But, but, but we weren't identifying that as a genre. And when Stephen said, you know, there is a genre called spiritual cinema, he was able to take all of those films and include them under one tent. Well, that's what I'm trying to do here with senior cinema, is yes. to say these are films that we need, these are films that are important, and you know, looking back at films like Cocoon, for example, I mean, who doesn't yes. like Cocoon? It's an amazing film. Right. It's just that our elders like it more. And so we're naming this now, we're claiming it, and, and we're going to, through this petition and through Redwood Highway and many other ways, we're going to really encourage more films to be made so that we can honor the elders in the way that they deserve. Beautiful. I, I'm so I really, it's a great template, and I really like it. Uh, there's another part that I'd like to bring to bear, which is sort of related, Jimmy, to what we were just speaking about. But I want to let everyone know we are speaking with James Twyman, who is uh, a well-known author, best-selling author at that, having written some 15 books. He is also a filmmaker, having made five films, and is now his last one, called Redwood Highway, is uh, really trumpeting this whole idea that he refers to as the senior cinema circle. And along with promoting the film, Jimmy is really supporting the growth of a movement called Senior Cinema, and there is a petition that we are asking everyone to go visit and to sign if you would like to see more films that would be produced by Hollywood uh, that speaks to this generation. Funny, it's uh, the baby boomers are now the senior citizens. It's so funny. (laughs) But I prefer to think of us as baby boomers myself. but, um, (laughs) But indeed, it's this... And what's also interesting uh, is that the ceiling on the whole idea of aging, of course, is going higher and higher. We have more centenarians these days than we've had in ages, you know. More people are living longer and healthier lives. The so-called, the 
once 80 is now more like the 55 or 60 among those people who are taking care of themselves. I think of my father who on paper, I put it that way, is 85, Jimmy. And uh, I swear he looks like he's in his his late 60s. And he's healthy and robust and he's just the way he's always been, his mind is sharp, he eats well, he exercises. They walk on Campo Beach in Westport, Connecticut every single week, he and his lovely wife. And, you know, they live a very robust life. And um, the, the you know, biological, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, the chronological age is on some interesting level really very immaterial. Yes. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and this is one of the reasons why... It's amazing to me that the film industry believes that seniors don't want to go to the theater, when just the opposite is true. When you think about it, uh, I mean, it's funny because they say, well, seniors don't want to go to the film, to the theater, and then they don't make any movies that seniors will be interested in to, in order to justify that. But but if you once again you know make it and they will come. If you make these films, I think they're going to see a huge trend, and yes. it's it's interesting because seniors are much more prone to go to the to the theater to the cinema much more so than younger people because today yes. you know younger people they stream things even on their iPhone or on their tablet yes. or on their television, and they you know yes. why I, I do the same thing. I watch most of my movies in my little little home theater whereas really? older people yeah. they want that social experience of going to the theater buying the popcorn sitting there with the gr- large group of people that's right they also have more money to spend. they love it you know yeah. i do too personally yeah. but well yeah. i do yeah i think we all do but uh yes. i i just think that we're going to see a shift if we start to address this audience more they have more money yes. they have more time they they, they yeah. were raised on the classics which means they yeah. they they can't be fooled by bad cinema, <laughs> right? 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 And so this that's why this is a movement, Mitchell, because you know it's just a, a way to pay attention to something that's already out there. This important demographic yeah. that we owe so much to, and and I think that if if Hollywood and independent filmmakers begin to make more movies for that audience, we're all going to reap the benefits for that. Yes, exactly. I I agree. I agree. The uh. Website again for people, Jimmy, to come and sign on and uh, sign on to the petition is what again? It's www.seniorcinema.com. It's real easy. And as I said before, you can see the trailer there for Redwood Highway and all sorts of information. And please, you know, the other thing that you said, and I just want to reiterate, is please let your friends know about this. Maybe pass them the link for. For this program, so people can listen to the great show, <laughs> and your parents your and parents. everyone else. Let's let's create Red a groundswell Red. movement here yes. to get up to that million signatures because this is what's going to make it happen. Yes, yes, I, I agree with you. I, I want to turn to something that's in your media kit, which really speaks to something that I was talking about at the very beginning of the show and what very much resonates with me in this whole project of yours. Uh, One paragraph says, so you've had enough. You're 50 plus and you're fed up with violent, too intense, crude blockbuster (laughs) or youth-driven films that ignore your craving for uplifting, inspirational, real-life or romantic movies that move you or fill your heart with love and joy and whose protagonists are in your age group. Well, that is one potent paragraph, Jimmy. (laughs) And I want to just thank you for that because um, for me, I who am very values-oriented and when I look at my life work regarding uh, a better world, the creation of a better world, the counseling and coaching that I do as a, a therapist and for many, many years, I'm dealing always with the values that are being promulgated through film. Honestly, this is a real thing. And television, because we are now a visual culture. And we don't read in the same ways we know. We don't even listen in the same ways 
we watch, we watch, we watch, and everything is either a soundbite or a video clip. And that's the way people relate to one another. So we are getting conditioned and programmed, quite literally, by what it is we're watching. And if you think about the kind of the neurophysiological aspect of what goes on in a dark theater, all quiet, with all attention focused on the screen before you, you can see it's an amazingly hypnotic moment. And I really don't want to underemphasize the importance of that. I mean, having been involved professionally with what I've been for so many years, this is a moment of creating alpha and even theta waves, which makes the brain and the nervous system into that highly receptive, absorbable uh, function. And we're being you know, very deeply imprinted. If we're being imprinted by garbage, you know, excessive violence, I'm not talking about um, non-gratuitous, you know, kind of real-world violence that has a certain dramatic potential. I'm talking about the excesses that we're surrounded by and the linking of violence with sex, one of the holiest, you know, potentials of our human existence. And we forge these into the minds of young people or our own. It doesn't serve society. It actually helps to create a society that is more hell-bent and more self-destructive than it is embracing love and joy and the spiritual. So can you comment on that? Well, I think you're right, and, and, and what happens when, when you disenfranchise uh, w- groups and you, you, you separate them is you, yes. you miss the, the gifts that the, those disenfranchised groups can offer. In the case of our, our elders, you know, the wisdom and the insight from yes. lives that they've lived going through situations that you and I can't even imagine. I mean, people who have yes. gone through the Great War or have been through you know, other really terrible life challenges, I mean, they True. have so much to offer us. But what happens when they're just pushed to the side is we're left with the, this fast food sort of society that doesn't have the depth that we could have. And I mentioned that exactly. word maturity before, and, and I think that's really it. If we're only going to be making yeah, movies... Too that are for 15-year-old boys, uh, yes. then w- what are we teaching ourselves about society? Uh, exactly. I think that we, exactly. you know, the other thing that I could say is that uh, the thing that suffers the most, and we suffer from this, is the lack of good story. I mean, good yeah. stories and good plots, and this is what has driven society forward from the time of the ancient Greeks. I mean, it's it's being able to tell a great story that teaches us who we are yeah. and our potential, oh, yeah. and you know the, the the great hero's journey that Joseph Campbell talked about that you can exactly. trace back through every great story that has ever been told. Up it until goes back times. to Gilgamesh. It goes back to Sumer. Uh, the Greeks Precisely. look modern in comparison to the then, ages of the story. Yeah, yeah. But but today. You know, I think we've lost that to a great extent. And what yes, what indeed. what the Hollywood system thinks people want is big special effects and bombs and explosions and exactly. and to spend r- ridiculous amounts of money uh, to do so. But if we exactly. stand up and we claim we want something deeper, we want something that teaches us who we are uh, and helps yeah, us to remember exactly. why we're here. Uh, like we're trying to do here, because it's, it's not that we just want to promote films that older people are going to enjoy. What we really want to promote is good cinema and good stories that are being told. You know, exactly. Tom Skerritt, Tom Skerritt, who is in Redwood Highway. First of all, I love that guy. He's amazing. We mm-hmm. had so much fun together. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the things that he's really passionate about, uh, when he's not acting. He's working with veterans who are suffering from PS, from um, post-traumatic right, stress. Right, post-traumatic disorder. stress syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, and what, what he does is is he teaches them how, he teaches them the power of storytelling, and how to tell their stories as a way of healing, 
And this is what yeah. he does. He yeah. does workshops and works with individuals in, in learning this. And Tom Skerritt is someone who's been around forever. Well, I shouldn't say forever. He yeah. may not like that. But <laughs> <laughs> right. You, know, but you mean that he's immortal? <laughs> he's 79 uh-huh. years old and has a five-year-old daughter. I mean, talk about ageless. And yes, indeed. That's beautiful. He, he brings so much to this film, too, and we learned so much from both him and Shirley, and it was just yes. such a – we were so grateful to have them. Oh, my God. It sounds beautiful to me. It really does. You've been doing such great work. And, I, you know, it begs the question, a lot of what you're saying, I – First of all, let me just say about story, it's, it's really the transformational tool that society has been using forever. That's well, forever. from the caveman you times, know, yeah. For cave, from caveman times, it's the story. And when you understand the way some of the neuroscience, it sounds funny, but I, you know, I'm kind of thrown to think that way. The way the stories make impressions in our nervous system and change our emotional experience and wakes us up and inspires us my god this is what story is really all about Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. film is a beautiful place to tell a story you know Mm -hmm. radio used to be the place for storytelling around the campfire before that of course was the place for telling story but it begs the question I wanted to say Jimmy uh, is art instructive and constructive is it transformational or is it just this bizarre notion i think of reflecting a society well society is so vast what part of it do you want to reflect you can reflect the optimistic and the the growing edge of it or you could reflect its shadow and its dark side i mean all of it has a value but when it gets down to moving a society forward, what is going to be generative? Uh, I feel like you've got your finger on the pulse of what can help bring that about by uh, putting emphasis on the senior wisdom that can really come through cinema. Well, you know, we're actually beginning to work on our next film, which I'll tell you a little bit about. Uh, it's oh. a documentary called Seniors in Why Love. Why sit still? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, our goal is to make one movie a year and to put it I through this system. And so we're working on a film right now. It's a documentary called Seniors in Love, and it basically is going to be traveling around the country, talking to many of these people and having them express their wisdom on what love really is whether it be a couple that's been married for 70 or 80 years or whether it's maybe a couple that met in their 80s or uh, people yeah. who have just moved to a different level of understanding the value and the importance yeah. of love. And this is a be this will be a excuse me, this will be a film that not only is for seniors but will probably be even more valuable for the younger people to hear the wisdom of their elders expressed in such a beautiful way. So we're going to start shooting that in September. Uh, but mm. in the meantime, we're just really excited to get Redwood Highway out, both to these uh, senior communities. It'll be in theaters. Definitely. It'll be on DVD, VOD, and, of course, to get people to go and sign that petition at SeniorCinema.com. I mean, if we can exactly. have all of these things working together, I think we're going to have a vast impact in creating a movement that we can be proud of. Exactly. Well, I want to just congratulate you again on all of your good work for many, many years, and uh, now this uh, latest expression of your commitment to a better world and to art and the use of cinema for helping to grow our society. It's really, really brilliant. Really, It's my honor, and it's great to be back on your show. You're you're the the only uh, radio host who can call me Jimmy. (laughs) because you know me so well (laughs) exactly exactly well I am pleased and honored to say that that's true and so James Twyman aka Jimmy to his friends um, I'm so glad to have you on again A Better World and to participate and to contribute to A Better World because that's so much what you're doing well, Give your you. uh, website out one more time and uh, so people can tune in. Sure. Uh, just go to www.seniorcinema.com.
com. It's so easy to remember. So if you're listening that's to this great. in the car or wherever you are, Senior Cinema, that's what this is all about. And you'll see the survey and the petition. And as I said before, once we hit a million people, we're going to have a huge press conference and we're going to distribute this to all of the studios and producers and executives in Hollywood to show them what your will is. And you can also exactly. see the trailer for Redwood Highway and start getting excited for that. And we're just really happy to be sharing this beautiful information. Exactly. James Twyman, thanks again for being on the show. And I hope we get the chance to, to speak soon. Let's not wait so many years next time, okay? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for what you're doing, Mitchell. (laughs) Absolutely, Jimmy. Thank you. Bye-bye now. That is James Twyman, dear friend and colleague for many, many years. And uh, he's just always on the path of uh, planetary transformation in so many ways. By the way, I did say in our Facebook posting that we would open up the lines for anyone who might want to call in. And let me give you that number. It's 602 Seven five three eighteen sixty six zero two seven five three eighteen sixty. In our last few minutes, certainly feel free to call in, and uh, I'll uh, patch you in. In the meantime, you know, Jimmy just reminded me in this last uh, few moments that he made reference to the new film of Love Among Seniors. Uh, I remember when I was in graduate school that I had the good fortune of meeting um, a scholar and author of a book called The Sex Researchers, Ed Brecker. It's really a life-changing meeting for me because I was all of 25, a young lad, and Ed had to have been in his early 70s, I believe. And he made a film back then, that was based on his research about love among the seniors. And not love alone, but love with sex. And I was awed by it because being as young as I was, I thought, (laughs) are they really thinking those things too? And still? Well, I found out that elders seniors are the answer was blatant and explicit and he made a film about love making and love and romance among seniors and this was back in the late 70s mid late 70s that he had made that film and i was just awed by all of it now it also interestingly happens that ed brecker was one of the leading pioneers in this country of open marriages back in the 40s. And he was telling our workshop group, uh, we were taking an intensive in uh, marital and sexual counseling through Antioch, New England Graduate School, where I went to school back then. And they were holding, you could call them orgies, or just open-ended love fests that were all done with tremendous respect for each other. In fact, the way he described it, and he was married for some 39 years before he was widowed, that it was out of profound love for his wife. In fact, unconditional love, as he put it. And I remember uh, that he encouraged her to take on the love partners that she so wanted. That why should she be limited? Why should he be possessive as in ownership of another human being and what their sexual appetite might be? Well, this even to a young, liberal, progressively-minded young lad was awesome because while I appreciated it, I was not there. I could relate to it in theory only. And uh, to find out that this kind of activity long preceded our wild days of the 60s 
had early 70s, um, was a real revelation to me. And it really helped me in my own reflection about the nature of things and what can happen and what cannot. So to circle back to our guest today, Jimmy Twyman, who is now embarking upon his next film. In the industry, he swore he would not produce any more inside of, <laughs> is now embarking upon his next project of uh, Seniors in Love. But in the meantime, let me just remind you again that this new project he has embarked upon of a million signatures on a petition to the largest studios in Hollywood is something really very interesting. And SeniorCinema.com, www.SeniorCinema.com would give you the opportunity to have your voice heard through this petition so that there can be more films addressing the uh, baby boomers who are actually the largest sector and segment of our society. That's the way it is. I mean, of course, that happened as a result of the end of World War II and those, you know, soldiers who came home and a new proliferation, you could say, in the United States now that war was, can I say, no more, uh, at least then, you know, back in the 40s when World War II came to an end. And... um you know, there was a lot of time at home making love. And as a result, we do have our generations. There are many. And uh, we can now have a chance to help promulgate cinema that will kind of address more directly. I realize that one of the films that came out not that long ago, relatively recent history, was The Bucket List. And that became so popular. And it served so many generations. And this is a way of bringing cinema back into the hands of the learned, if you will, the sage, so that film that involves and is about uh, the elders of society to instruct the youth, because it's obvious that that element in our society is so lacking. It is so lacking. And so we have children these days and teenagers who are utterly wrapped up in their cell phone. They actually see an entire world in their cell phone. And if they're not emailing, which they don't do that much these days, they're texting and they're speaking, and they're Facebooking, and they're social mediaizing, and clipping, and you name it. I don't know what goes on. I just know that I ride my bike in New York City, and I see young people crossing the street completely oblivious to traffic, to traffic signals, to bike riders. Their nose is glued to the screen. Their eyes are glued to the screen so they can text somebody what it is they had for breakfast that morning or some such. I don't really know. But I have a feeling they're not talking about Socrates and Aristotle. I don't know why. I just don't think they are. And it's sad because what has happened is I think there's a tremendous loss of, of um, substance, I think there's actually a loss of soul, and there's certainly a loss of a much-needed education, both psychological and emotional, as well as purely intellectual, in our society. And uh, I see it degrading. And the more people that can get educated by the elders, who are obviously dying off, and you know those that have served in World War One and World War Two just as one way of marking history, uh, have stories to share with us and experiences to share that are just dwindling and diminishing. And these stories are so instructive because they're stories that really get generated from the heart. And when they get generated from there, 
there's an energy, there's a frequency, there's a, a vibration that gets communicated from the elder to the younger. And it helps to inspire, it helps to build courage, confidence, and integrity among the youth, which is just, it's sorely lacking. So our world looks the way it does right now. And we want to rebuild, rebuild. So again, in closing, let me just offer one more time, senior, uh, www.seniorcinema.com. And my name is Mitchell Rabin for A Better World. If you do not yet receive our newsletter, please sign up at www.abetterworld.tv. We have people coming in for the newsletter by the dozens these days, each day. Our broadcasts go worldwide. Sometimes you'll hear me also on Russian radio out of Moscow. All of that information is on our website. And we have the weekly TV show as well that can be watched on television directly in Manhattan. All the details at our site every Tuesday night at 1030. And at that same time, Eastern Standard Time that is, we, uh, we are simulcasting, webcasting. So you don't have to live in Manhattan. You can live wherever you live and online tune in to the weekly TV show and, of course, radio show. So I want to just thank you all for listening. I so appreciate your weekly attention and sharing this with your friends. This is a better world, folks, and it's up to us to do something about the state of things. We want to really take control and uh, speak to others. In just a couple of more minutes, I'm going to sign off, but I want to just invite anyone to call in again who may be listening live here, 602-753-1860. 602-753-1860. It's always a pleasure to hear directly from the audience and uh, become part of the history and fabric of a better world by your participation, which I receive and enjoy and honor on all the levels it shows up even if it's just getting onto the newsletter and or tuning in every week here at Blog Talk Radio or on our weekly TV shows or writing us letters of uh, feedback, which we always appreciate. We learn and grow from the feedback we get from our audiences. The world is in trouble, folks. We've got trouble right here in River City. We have a gorgeous world. We have a magnificent earth. We live in a solar system that is nothing short of magnificence. And what is going on on the planet with the anger, with the fear, with the taking advantage of others, uh, and the destruction of our, our atmosphere, our biosphere, our earth, our noosphere, is just not to be believed. And it must be turned around because it is literally threatening not just Homo sapiens as a species, but literally all sentient life on Earth. And it is incumbent upon us, we who listen to shows such as A Better World, we who listen to shows such as on PRN, where I was on for some seven or eight years, Progressive Radio Network with Gary Noll and others, we who listen to Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman, and others, Link TV, Free Speech TV, the alternative media, right here at Blog Talk Radio. We are the ones that are going to be making a difference in this world, not the ones who are listening to simple conventional media and thinking that that is what is so. We need more input from many more sources. So on that note, I will leave you thinking about such comments and write to me, yay or nay, at abetterworldinfo at yahoo.com, abetterworldinfo at yahoo.com. Of course, that's listed on our newsletter, and you can always leave comments on our website. Thanks again. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. Visit us again at www.abetterworld.tv. 
Stay tuned for Mozart, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. We'll be having an open and call-in show next week, so please call in.